Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and welcome to this special live uh, end of the year, end of 2008 uh, podcast for Treks in Sci-Fi. It's been a, uh, a, a very uh, sci-fi and geek year, I think, at the movies and TV, which we're going to sort of go back over and look at some of the highlights, at least the highlights uh, that uh, came out and things that uh, I really enjoyed a lot over the last year and talk about uh, you know, both movies, television, and of course a lot about Star Trek in the future, a little bit about 2009 and what we're looking forward to as well there. We've got, uh, like I said, this is going over Ustream right now, so the show is probably going to be a little less polished and a little more carefree. Going to have some contests for the people in the chat room right now, uh, and uh, just all kinds of fun. I've got uh, in store for you, I think, and I'm glad that the people took time. I know it's hard at this time of the year to uh, break away from, you know, seeing aunt edna and you know uncle charlie or whatever but <laughs> sometimes you need a break from that i know how uh, how that goes so uh, so anyway let's uh hey let's get rolling Again, welcome back to the show, everyone, and uh, I'm trying not to uh, get too carried away with all my little props and things here and replicas I'm showing off to the web uh, web people. Web people? Like, what, Aquaman? No, no. Uh, this is going to be filled with bad jokes today, just a warning to everyone, so if you can't handle bad jokes, uh, you might want to run away right now. So, anyway, <laughs> it is December 28th, 2008. Uh, I went back and forth about what to do for this uh, kind of end-of-the-year podcast. The, f- the first idea was to do another video show, but I decided to do one instead, uh, a video show over the Christmas holiday, which I hope all of you maybe have had a chance to watch now or download. Uh, uh, we uh, kind of sent out some uh, Christmas wishes to everyone, so that was the video show. And for the end of the year here, I decided it would be fun. I hadn't done one since, I think, the fall uh, maybe September with the anniversary show, uh, a live show. And I know these are um, a little further apart than I'd like. I'd like to do them a little more often, but the setup is a little more complex. And I don't know, it just becomes uh, easier to just record the show and then put it out each week. So anyway, uh, I guess uh, it's time to do another one. And the uh, 
I have never really done a lot at the end of the year, you know, the whole new year, end of the year, looking back and reflecting. I don't think I've really done that too much on the podcast. I don't do that too much in life anyway so much. You know, it's just kind of turn over the calendar to me a little bit. But but this year I thought that there was so much so much good stuff out for uh, television and movies and some really um, things that really seem to catch the public eye even more so. You know, the geeks are kind of taking over the earth a little bit, and that's always, uh, I think, a good thing. And, you know, the the level and the quality of the stuff that we're getting on, on the geek uh, front in TV and movies has is, is never been better, in my opinion. And it looks like uh, next year will be just as good. So I want to start off, though, with... Uh, a few bits of uh, Star Trek news. This isn't uh, really anything new for the people that are uh, that follow Trek and you know some of the websites out there. The, but uh, last, I guess, about a week ago, uh, Major Barrett passed away. Major Barrett Roddenberry, who was Gene Roddenberry's wife before he passed away back in the early '90s, she passed away. And uh, I wanted to uh, just say, you know, without uh, I think her. You know, influence on Gene and being there at the beginning of Trek, I think things would have been quite a bit different. Uh, she actually was able to record some lines. She's going to be the computer voice in the new movie next May uh, for the Enterprise. So that's kind of a nice thing. It was nice that, that uh, she was able to do that before she passed. Uh, I, I think this was a little bit of a sudden thing from what I know, but uh, she will definitely be missed, and uh, I thought... Uh, I'd play uh, something here in a little bit uh, related to that. So uh, let me talk about some other bits of Star Trek news, though, that's going on. Uh, lots of things. Uh, last week I didn't get a chance because we, I think, had the Skype call. Uh, there is a new Star Trek New Voyages episode out that I want uh, all the fans to go out and check uh, check it out. And it's called Blood and Fire. It's the first part of it. It's not the whole episode. If you go over to Star Trek New Voyages... You will be able to see it, and uh, this is a this is an episode that was originally written by uh, or was written by David Gerald, and now he directed this episode for the New Voyages people who are now calling themselves Star Trek Phase Two, and there's kind of a, a little bit of a controversy, I think, a little a bit around this video and this episode, just because there there is a uh, a homosexual element to it. I don't want to say too much, but I think it's tastefully and, and well done. I, I think the story in general maybe isn't as strong as their last episode that they did. I, I think uh, the episode they did with George Takei and it and uh, World Enough in Time, I think, is the one I'm thinking of. That one I thought was fantastic. Uh, this one I think is a little rough around the edges, but I like what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, you should definitely check it out for yourself if you're a Star Trek fan. Just go over to uh, StarTrekNewVoyages.com, and that's still their website, even though they are being called Phase 2 now. Uh, what else? Uh, the movie. The movie is pretty much locked, according to J.J. Abrams. Uh, they finished and put uh, the you know the last polish on it, and you know I'm sure they're going to maybe be some little tweaks between now and May when it comes out, but I think... Uh, I think they've got it pretty much locked in. And, uh, again, everybody that's seen little bits of this, you know, everyone's saying really good things. And I, I have no doubts, again, as I've said many, many times, that the movie's going to be uh, a big success. And I think we'll all enjoy it quite a bit uh, come next May. So that's kind of uh, a nice uh, thing to know that it's pretty much locked in, in the can for all of us. And now we just have to sit around and wait five months for it. But, you know, originally it was going to come out on Christmas, and I think J.J. 
tried to kind of stick to that timeline pretty well. I mean, I think he, he relaxed things a little bit because of the uh, extended time. But it's, uh, it's good that they've, uh, they've got it all kind of sewn up, I think, now. And I, I just hope it doesn't, like, you know, too much of the information and, and, you know, tidbits for the movie slip out over the next few months. That's what, you know, I've said that a few times before. That's been kind of one of my concerns with having it done this early. So, um, and uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Star Trek, I'm just switching through some websites here. Uh, the da, 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 Trek Through Time, Fringe Miss. Looks like there's some videos up on YouTube. There's always some new videos. Oh, this is the other thing that I wanted to talk about. And I put this uh, on the forum, I think, a picture from it earlier. And I'll try to put it on the main website at all. There's some fan-made pictures of this new starship that's in the film uh, called the USS Kelvin. Uh, this guy named uh, Tobias Richter, who's a German uh, effects guy, did some very cool videos and still images of the Kelvin from the movie, you know, kind of taking what they showed in the trailer and projecting it a little bit out. Uh, these are definitely cool. They look great on your desktop wallpaper on your computer. Uh, he did some amazing work here. The videos are, are very nice to see as well. Uh, just go over to trekmovie.com or also to, uh, again, I'll have this on the main uh, Treks and Sci-Fi website later on today, and you can check it out. It's it's really some nice stuff, and it's a cool ship. It's that ship that's only got, you know, one warp engine there, and it looks quite a bit different than the typical Enterprise uh, that we've seen before and that typical version of uh, a twin nacelle ship. And this uh, this harkens back more to the old technical manual where they had scout ships in there with only one engine. So again, check it out, uh, and I will link it in the show notes as well. I'm going to play a little bit of music, take a little break, and get set up as we look uh, back on uh, geeky sci-fi movies for 2008. So I'll be right back after this uh, short uh, musical uh, break. <laughs> Down on the planet, you took a shot to your heart Woke up in the ever after, cause cute in his part That's okay, your heart was artificial Cause years ago you lost it when you didn't play official Humans playing dumb job Just some humans playing dumb job Humans playing dumb job The Nasekin way Chance to do it over, Q doesn't fight fair. But he owed you a favor, sent your derriere. Meeting up with Gordon and your friend named Marty. Also, this time you could circumvent the party. Humans playing Dom Jean. Just some humans playing Dom Jean. Humans playing Dom Jean. The Massacre way.
from the start You smack them in the face But they stab you in the heart Humans playing dumb John Come on Humans playing dumb John Humans playing dumb John The Nazican way Okay, we're back. I'm uh, just trying now to get this set up. I am trying to, I'm going to show uh, the people that are in the uh, chat uh, and watching this streaming, the plan is to show them these videos. Uh, and we're going to talk about movies first, some movies over the past year, uh, things that I particularly enjoyed. And uh, we'll start off with, uh, I believe... Uh, this little one that started uh, kind of the summer off last early May, uh, one of my favorites from last year, and uh, let's all uh, check it out together. Mr. Stark, you've been called the Da Vinci of our time. What do you say to that? Absolutely ridiculous. I don't paint. What do you say to your other nickname, the Merchant of Death? That's not bad. They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I prefer the weapon you only need to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. To peace. Is it cool if I take a picture with you? Yes, it's very cool. I don't want to see this on your MySpace page. Please, no gang signs. No, throw it up. I'm kidding. Assemble my missile. I should be dead already. Unless it was for a reason. I just finally know what I have to do. That doesn't look like a missile. What are you building, Stark? I'm working on something big.
Okay, that was Iron Man. Uh, for those watching, I'm not going to move the camera back because we're going to go through a few other videos here and other uh, movies that I enjoyed this past year. Of course, all these I've talked about before on the podcast, but I just kind of wanted to do a general recap as you look at all of them kind of as a whole. Uh, not all of the movies that came out, obviously, but again, my, the ones that were big highlights for me. This started out the summer. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, I think, was uh, you couldn't be better uh, or couldn't be better cast in that part. He just uh, really, I think, captured what Iron Man and Tony Stark is all about. A little bit cocky at the beginning there, you can see, and then eventually wanting to do good, but um, but still a little bit of, you know, kind of a, a fun character. Not nearly, obviously, as dark and uh, as uh, the Dark Knight and Batman. So it was a good contrast, you know, this movie being from the, the Marvel side of the comic universe and uh, Batman from the DC side. You know, just a nice contrast of the two. I was glad that they weren't too much alike, you know. But here you got uh, in more of an origin story with Iron Man, since uh, they didn't really need to do that again with Batman, so that made it different. And again, a lot more colorful, a lot more, I, I hate to say it's a little bit more comic book-like, but, you know, there are, there are some definite messages in this movie, I think, as well. But uh, I'm so glad that it turned out well. I'm, I'm glad that they are obviously already doing another uh, and the, the story goes right now is that uh, Robert Downey will replay uh, Tony Stark slash Iron Man in the Avengers movie whenever they eventually make that, too. Uh, just a fantastic movie. Lots of fun. Very tight. John Favreau, whatever, however you say the director, the guy, he's an actor. He's now directing, I think, a bit more, but he's still doing some acting, too. Did a, just, just did a great job with this movie. It was uh, well put together. Uh, some people I've heard some things about think you know saying that maybe spent a little bit too much time on you know making the suit and all that, but I think you had to lead into it. I you know I didn't really want them to show just a little you know minute and a half montage and all of a sudden he's flying around the sky. I think it was important to show it was not that easy for him to do it. You know it's just uh, I think important to the character a little bit and uh, that he uh, you know after what he saw when he was over in the Mideast, you know he's like. You know, I want to do something to stop and to help more than just create a bunch of weapons and that. So anyway, Iron Man, uh, back in May. The next movie I wanted to talk about is also in May. This one didn't get over, you know, or go over too well with a lot of people. I personally uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. We've talked about it uh, before, uh, but I think it's worth just talking about one more time as we're looking back at 2008. Uh, and, you know, I have a big fondness for this I can always edit that out. I can.
was closer. Okay, next up, of course, uh, we have Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which came out uh, in Memorial Day type uh, weekend. Type weekend? What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it came out on Memorial Day weekend last uh, May. And, you know, I've said before, say again, a very difficult thing for them to do, you know, about 20 years after the fact. Uh, I think they maybe tried too hard. I've said that before. And, you know, they tried to put maybe a little bit too much into this and make it too huge of a movie. I, I wasn't especially thrilled with the end of it, but I, I will say I thought it was just so much fun to see Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford back in, in the character. Uh, I think uh, they still have a lot of life back, you know, left in that. And I, I still was okay with, you know, bringing back or bringing in, sorry, I, uh, the idea of his son. I thought that was an interesting little thing to put in. I was a little bit worried about that. I had heard something about that before I saw it, and I, I didn't know how that would go over, but I was okay with that myself. Uh, and they really kind of made it pretty clear that it wasn't like, okay, now we're going to get a bunch of Indiana Jones Jr., well, Junior Jr., whatever that would be, the third, uh, you know, movies with Shia in the role or something like that. I just don't think that would work. Uh, for one, he's kind of tiny, you know. Harrison Ford, you could always kind of believe he's 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 going through all this stuff that he's always done in Indiana Jones. He seems kind of, you know, a little rough around the edges. Seems like he could take a lot of abuse and be dragged behind trucks, you know. Maybe not blown up in a refrigerator by a nuclear weapon, but he he just kind of fits the, the fits the part pretty well. I think he looks like he can do what he what he he does in these movies. It's never really too much over the top. Maybe for with the exception of a couple of things, but uh, you know, Shia, I don't know about that one. But uh, but anyway, uh, Indian Jones, I, I do hope they do another one at some point. Uh, it's just uh, I think there's still again a, another story to be told, and and it would be fun to see them do one more one more go round. And like I said, I, I don't think they need to just you know go always bigger and bigger each time. I think there'll be a lot. Uh, uh, that they could do on a smaller scale, you know, that uh, would still be fun to see. Anyway, uh, next up, this uh, the next movie I wanted to talk about is something actually that I just recently saw, something that came out last summer. I think I talked about this just even on the podcast briefly a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I thought it would be worth mentioning as well. Uh, one of my favorites definitely from last year, uh, Wally. Seven hundred years into the future, mankind will leave our planet, leaving Earth's cleanup in the hands of one incredible machine. His name is Wally. After all these years, he's developed one little glitch. A personality. He's extremely curious. And just a little bit lonely. But all that 
is about to change. So there we have uh, Wally from Pixar back uh, back last June at the end of June I believe that came out to last summer. Just a great movie. Uh, just I've heard so many people say this, and uh, I don't know why it took me so long to get around to seeing it. Uh, and I have to say, when I did finally see it, everyone that you know that had been praising it so much uh, were absolutely correct. I wasn't at all you know it wasn't at all one of those situations where it was so hyped and I saw it and I go oh that's all there is to it. There's just something about it, I don't know, that, that just really kind of uh, gets to you. And, you know, there's the nice message in there about, you know, kind of, you know, don't mess up the planet too much and all that. And the the ecological overtone I don't think was too strong. I, I just, and, and the characters of Wally and Eva, I, it's just amazing to me that they can make these animated characters in a very short time. You know, you feel like you know them so quickly and so easily where you know even live action movies and tv shows don't even get you in that deep i don't know what it is maybe it's somewhat the simple nature of some of the things that they show you i don't know how they come up with what they do but i I just couldn't be any better i to me this movie was fantastic uh i'd even put it up there on on you know best picture of of 2008 you know academy award nominations I think uh, I think it's long overdue. I mean, I know they have the animated film category, but I don't know. This one just really did something I think special, and uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch again and again too, which is which is also uh, a nice extra little thing. So there we are with uh, with Wally. Uh, and now, of course, oh, I just bumped the camera, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to keep that thing focused on uh, on this other screen that I'm showing these videos for everyone, and. Uh, it's a little tricky. Uh, anyway, we've got to get now to probably the you know the, at least the most popular movie last year and last summer, uh, The Dark Knight. And you know so much has been said about this movie. 
it's going to be difficult to say anything really new or you know momentous here, but I'm going to play the trailer for it, uh, or at least one of the trailers that was out, and then I'll uh, I'll try to say a few words about it and uh, and and just kind of you know some of the things that I think that I haven't said maybe before I'll try to uh, work those out over the next uh, two minutes and seven seconds while I play the trailer for everyone watching. is of course uh everyone's seen it i'm sure by now just about and you know the the sad thing of course heath ledger dying uh playing the joker as his last role in the dark knight uh the second in the sort of revitalization and and reimagining of of the batman in the films and movies now there's just a few things i'd like to say or maybe that i haven't said before a little bit about this movie uh, something uh, from being a very long-time comic book reader, and I've read uh, Batman, the comics, uh, for quite a long time. He's one of my favorite characters, him along with... He's probably the favorite uh, on the DC side and Spider-Man on the on the Marvel side for me. But the, the, the movie just has a lot of different levels to it, and I just want to kind of talk about one. You know, the Batman and the comics and the Joker have been always like, you know, it, it's a yin and a yang situation. Batman stands for, you know, what what is right and order and, uh, you know, discipline and, and that kind of side of the the equation. And, of course, the Joker is, is all about anarchy and destroying people and making them into something that they don't want to be, really. You know, he has the Joker gas that has been used, you know, where... He turns everyone into sort of crazy loons, just like he is. But, you know, what he's trying to do here is he's trying to stop what Batman represents, what Batman is all about, and what Batman has always tried to do for Gotham City. You know, Batman, you know, because of what happened to his parents, 
that you know that obviously damaged him it's what made him start to become batman and to you know go out there and stop criminals and stop crime but eventually it becomes more than that his his real agenda and his real goal in a way is to make uh the people make the citizens of gotham city become you know their own best defenders to become better than they are you know gotham city is sort of is the you know you know the Tatooine of of the Earth. It's the back end of the universe. It's it's where even the regular people are all downtrodden and you know are not happy and they think they can never be better. And you know Batman gives them hope. Batman is to you know tries to elevate them to to a higher you know just a higher level. I guess is the best way to say it. And this movie the the scene with the the two barges of people in this movie and everyone you know if you know if you've seen this movie you know what i'm talking about that that little bit of the movie to me it is amazing that that is what batman is all about that for them to put that into a movie for somebody like me who has read batman for you know 20 years in comics it is just incredible there it's not an action scene it's not like oh look at my cool gadgets that's all about the people, and that's all about how he's changed things. You know, you hear that line, you know, you've changed things, and, and that has a lot of meanings in this movie as well. He's also he's changed the criminals, but he's also changed the people of Gotham. And I, I just was so blown away by that part of the movie and, you know, how much he has been able to, to do things for them. You know, and then the end of it where he sort of has to become this, you know, scapegoat for what's gone on a little bit, it, again, is, is just the true essence of Batman. He doesn't think about really himself. He's all about the greater good, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one, you know, to use a Star Trek reference. So, you know, th- this movie is just, you can watch it and you pick up those kind of things. And the other part about it is just, you can watch it and just have fun. If you don't look at all that and maybe you're a little younger and you're just there, look at the Batmobile and the Bat Pod and, you know, they're fighting. And, and no, I, you know, I haven't even talked about the whole Harvey Dent angle of it. But this just, uh, to me, is again a fantastic film. The, the most, the smartest, most uh, elegant. Uh, deepest comic book type of film that's ever been made, maybe ever will be made. I, I just, it's just couldn't be better to me. I, I think the uh, everything they show in it is good. I, I just hats off to Christopher Nolan and everyone else that works on this. I, I just love this film, and again, for a comic book guy like me, it's I, I never thought I'd see something like this, especially since you know, 10, 20 years ago, you know, comic book type movies, whenever they did make one. Were, were mostly pretty bad. You know, some of them uh, were not very good at all. There were a few exceptions, but, you know, even back in, in the, you know, I did a podcast a month or so ago, you know, about Superman, and even the Christopher Reeve films, they're pretty straightforward and pretty simple. There, There's no real huge amount of depth there. There's little things, and, of course, I love those movies, but they're not the whole psychological bent and aspect and all that kind of thing that goes on. You know, Superman's a pretty straightforward character, uh, but but Batman and what he's trying to do for Gotham here to me is um, is really incredible, and I, I just can't say enough about it. So I will uh, I will stop though. <laughs> we need to. Uh, I think I had one more. Let me think about this. Do I have one more film that I was going to look at from last year? No, I think that was gonna that was gonna do it. I, I was just covering most of the big summer blockbusters. I want to take a. Uh, I need a drink of some tea here. I want to take another 
short break. So I'm going to play a little another Rick Moyer special musical interlude, and I will be back with a contest. So a standby chat room, and uh, we'll be back with our first contest here on this live edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. RPG! RPG! Character and gave him a name, so I need an idea, and I want to be an RPG writer. RPG writer! It's a pretty story about a big spaceship in the Starfleet setting, and yeah, it's a hit. Season 8 in the Mere Universe. It's a cool story, cause we're writing it first. Writers! RPG writer! Hundreds of pages, give or take a few On the internet in a week or two We can make it longer if we join our post I can change it around and I want to be an RPG writer RPG writer If you really like it, you can start writing Email Kenny or Jan, get your stuff in Write each day and make the story soar But I need a post and I want to be an RPG writer RPG writer I've swung the camera back around. Hello, everyone, again. Yes, I'm still here. That wasn't a recorded uh, uh, message from someone trying to pump uh, and uh, <laughs> promote the Dark Knight. Now out on Blu-ray, by the way. Oh, I need to get one of those still. Anyway, we have uh, <laughs> we have a first contest. This is going to be, uh, let's see, I, I think I'm going to do three contests today. And this we will do, this one's going to be the Star Trek uh, contest for uh, today, this one's the for the Star Trek geeks and people, uh, you know. And uh, again, I've done this before and said it before. With you know, quick googling and within a few minutes, people could find the answer to what I'm about to ask. But uh, of course, the first one to answer correctly will win the prize. And I'm hoping that people can kind of do it without looking it up. Anyone's capable of that. Um, but anyway. The prize today, I've got a couple of action figures, which I'm going to show the people uh, watching. We've got Beverly Crusher in, let's see, one of her little blue medical uh, outfits here. And we have a, a, let's see, what's this data from, uh, it looks like early, like first or second season data. Now these are not, they are still sealed in their packages, but they're not pristine packaging. Uh, but I, I have a few of these around that I, uh, I wanted to give away as little contest goodies so those those are what uh, whoever answers this question coming up first will win and i will ship them out to you just send me an email at treksf 
at gmail.com. Oh, always good to check to see that my mic level has been turned back up. And that's good. It is up. So, okay, everyone. Uh, yeah, drum roll or whatever. I was going to get some contest music, but I kind of, prepping this morning, I kind of ran out of time. All right. The um, the the area to, to think about right here are, is starships. The, the question is... And you're going to need three starships, is, is, at least, is going to be the answer. The question is, I want you to name, uh, I want you to name a, well, let me, how do I word this correctly? I should have wrote it out. It would have been better. A, um, a previous ship that the three, the following three characters have served on other than the main ship that we all know. Obviously, there are going to be some real obvious ones here. But I want a previous ship for each of these three characters that they've served aboard. I think that's clear enough, I hope. Um, the, the characters I'm looking for, previous ships that they served on, uh, the characters are Kirk Picard, Captain Picard, Jean-Luc Picard, and Benjamin Sisko. Those three characters, James T. Kirk, Jean-Luc Picard, and Benjamin Sisko. I want to know three ships that they served on other than the main ones that we all know about. And this is where I do some creative editing as I watch the chat room to see who answers first. And a couple of them should be pretty easy. And Ustreamer9338, like I said, I'm not taking the obvious answers. The Enterprise won't work for Kirk or Picard. Ah, Moyer, you're close. Lollipop, Stargazer, and Peppermint Patty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to give me uh, specific ships. And all three you need to say. Be careful when you're answering, too. You're going to give away some answers if you don't give me both for uh, Cisco, Picard, and Kirk all at once. It looks like Wraith. I think you are... Well, you're close. Wait a second. Uh... No, Wraith. I thought you had it, but you don't. I should have said, I, you know, I'm looking for a ship from each of them. You gave me, I think, Wraith, you gave me two ships that work for one of the characters. So, the again, the, the tough one of this probably for most people is going to be Cisco. Uh, most people can probably come up with a, a previous ship for Picard and probably for Kirk, but uh, Cisco is the other one. And by now you could have all Googled it, so I'm a little uh, surprised. Uh, Brompton Boy, no. Uh, Constellation is not a, uh, a previous ship for, uh, for any of these that I can think of. I think, uh, I think Trekkie Geek has got it. Trekkie Geek, Tim, I think you have it. Stargazer, the Republic, and the Saratoga. You win, Tim. You win. Yes, that is correct. the uh, the The ones that are uh, for Cisco, which is the hard one, Livingston, Okinawa, and Saratoga are his previous ships. The Farragut and the Republic for Kirk, and surprisingly, uh, Picard. Besides the Enterprise, he was only aboard the Stargazer, at least. As far as I could find out, uh, I, I, I thought that there was maybe another one that was mentioned at some time, but I can't find it. I'm talking again, of course, this would have to be from episodes, not books and things like that. Uh, so anyway, you win, Tim. Send me an email, and we'll work out getting these action figures out to you. 
that is the contest for now. We will have another one a little bit later in the show. Next up, we are going to uh, be looking at television from the past year. I will also be playing here uh, a short little uh, intro. Uh, let's do a promo. Let's do a Jen and Angela promo because those are always fun. And I will be right back with a look at uh, TV from 2008. It's been a long road getting from there to here. No, it really hasn't. I... <laughs> no, we're not singing that again. Yes. It's been a long No, time. Jen. I don't think you understand. We're not ever, ever singing that again. Look what we've created. A monster. A monster, he I tell you. He keeps playing it. I know. He likes it. People like us. They think it's funny. I know it is very funny. But that's not all we but are. But my time is Okay. <laughs> This is Angela. <laughs> and that's Jen. <laughs> and you've been listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. With oh, our friend for- Rico. We forgot to say we're from the Anomaly Podcast. Doe. <laughs> Crap. Okay, the uh, 2008 had a lot of great things to, to do or, or that or to watch on, on television. Uh, there was just a, uh, you know... Television, both TV series, it just it been all over the place. There are some great things to see. Uh, the first thing I want to start off with uh, is uh, a, a brief little uh, comment about a TV show l- from last year that got canceled that I really enjoyed a lot. I think it's coming out on DVD in the next month or two. It was a uh, fantasy, more type genre show called Moonlight about uh, a vampire named uh, Mick St. John. And I've got, I think, here, I'm going to show the the people watching just a little promo for this. The reason I'm kind of mentioning it is mostly because the DVD will be out um, coming, uh, I think, in about a month or so. Maybe it's early February, late January. I'll have to look that up. But uh, anyway, if you didn't catch this the first time around, the the season they put out was a lot of fun, a very kind of romantic, nice uh, uh, tone to it, along with a lot of good action, too. Uh, Anyway, here is a little bit of a feature uh, on Moonlight. It's only, I think this is a couple minutes long, so I'll play this for you and I'll be right back. Mick St. John is your average hunky private investigator with a secret life on the side. He's a vampire who's been around for over a hundred years. Mick St. John was made into a vampire against his will by a woman that he fell in love with and asked to marry him. Uh, back in the in the in the 40s his nights are spent in freezers instead of coffins and he gets his daily dose of blood not from victims but from a needle best of all he's got cool powers and special abilities he uses to help others he realized that he could actually help people that needed help and use these abilities these special abilities that he that he has for good but there's tension in the air after meeting Beth Turner, an internet reporter who was covering the death of a local crime scene. She instantly feels an affinity with him. She doesn't know whether she's met him somewhere before or, um, or whether she's just rather impressed by him because of his stunning good looks. But they have an instant connection. They should. 20 years ago, Mick saved Beth after she was kidnapped by Coraline, the same woman who turned Mick into a vampire in the 1940s. Being a vampire, of course, means having rather strange habits and few friends. Thank goodness for Joseph, a fellow vampire who's 300 years older and provides a little spiritual guidance. He's always trying to bring Mick back into the fold of, you know what I mean, drinking from humans where he, like, kind of shoots up. 
and uh, I want him to start mainlining. Expect Mick to solve some very interesting cases using his vampire powers and keeping a close eye on what may be the woman of his dreams. All taking place in the shadow of moonlight. And for the cast, it's a thrill fest. Oh, I think it's very different to any other vampire show. I think it's going to be a real crowd pleaser, actually. It's been a blood-gurgling experience. I'm still tasting bloods, but I do very much like the O positive. It's excellent. Okay, that's sort of a little cheeky take on Moonlight. Uh, I definitely think uh, if if you like that kind of a show at all, it's kind of a little like uh, the old show Angel, not nearly as quite as intense or serious, uh, but it's still worth a look. Uh, and they did a great job, I think. The, the two main people in the cast uh, were really excellent, I thought. And that guy uh, there, I think, is going to be around for a long time. He, I think he's from Australia, but he uses uh, more of a, an American-type accent on the TV show. So anyway, Moonlight... It'll be out on DVD, like I said, in a few weeks. The next thing I want to talk about uh, briefly, I'm not going to say much, but I'm going to play a fairly long clip, uh, is we're going to talk about Battlestar Galactica. And there is this very cool uh, thing that if you are worried about Battlestar Galactica spoilers, you may want to either turn away for the next uh, about eight minutes while I play this cool thing that the Sci-Fi Channel put together uh, called What the Frack is Going On. So <laughs> for those that are watching the video stream, watch this, and I will be back, and we'll talk a little bit about Galactica and what's coming up uh, for uh, the rest of uh, Season 4 that will be starting in just a few weeks. Wondering what the frack is going on with BSG? Here's the deal. On the planet Caprica, a crusty old Battlestar named Galactica is being retired as a kind of museum. A Battlestar is like a great big aircraft carrier, but instead of airplanes, they've got vipers and raptors and other cool spaceships. No frackin' way! Here, frack is a swear word, papers don't have corners, and there's more than one god. Oh my gods. The guy in charge is Commander Bill Adama. He's ready to pack it in when a phone with a cord rings. It's the silence. We are at war. Cylons were robots invented by humans to use as slaves. Over time, they evolved. Now there are 12 humanoid models. Some actually look like models. The crew on Galactica snaps to action. Starbuck is a hotshot Viper pilot. Apollo is Adama's son. Commanding Officer Ty is drunk and thinks the attack is a joke, but it's not. Damn it. A school teacher named Laura Roslin steps up to the plate. They make her the president. Except. On Caprica, Boomer and Hilo have to decide who stays and who goes. Hilo gives up his seat to Gaius Baltar, a brilliant scientist who could save the human race. But it turns out Baltar was having an affair with the hot Cylon. Number six. And he's probably the one responsible for all the exploding things. Now he thinks he sees her everywhere and it's driving him mental. No. The last survivors of the human race join up in a ragtag fleet of ships following the Galactica through space, where cameras have a difficult time keeping up. Adama tries to give the people some hope by talking about a mythical planet they've only heard about in ancient scrolls. And Earth will become our new home. The people are happy. But then he says, what the frack? A Cylon called Leoban shows up on Galactica. Adama kills him, and Roslin tells everyone, Cylons look like us now. And now they think Boomer's a Cylon. Turns out they're right, and just like all Cylons, there's a whole bunch of Boomers. Hilo's still stuck on Caprica, getting chased by Cylon Centurions, the big metal robot models that were made to kick ass. One of the Boomer Cylons helps him. Can you walk? They frack Cylon style and her spine lights up. Roslyn tells Apollo that she has cancer but wants to keep it a secret. She takes an herbal drug that makes her see things. It helps them find another Leoban on one of the ships. And this one's got a thing for Starbuck. Come, we'll leave you to Earth. Roslyn has him thrown out the airlock. Colonel Ty's wife, Ellen, comes aboard. They get drunk and make out. Baltar is elected vice president. His imaginary girlfriend seems happy. We're going to do great things together. Down on Caprica, Hilo realizes Boomer's a Cylon, so he shoots at her. But Boomer says... I'm pregnant. This is a big deal because Cylons can't reproduce alone. The Boomer on Galactica is catching on to the whole Cylon thing. She wants to kill herself, but Adama sends her on a dangerous mission instead. I can do it, sir. She accepts and flies a raptor straight into a Cylon base star. Multiple Boomers can only mean one thing. Sorry, Boomer. 
Rosalind starts dreaming about the planet Kobol, the birthplace of all mankind. She tells Adama she wants to open the tomb of Athena, one of the gods. She thinks it'll help point the way to Earth. Adama thinks she's crazy. They're just stories. Starbuck and Apollo like each other, so they beat each other up. Rosalind orders Starbuck to go to Caprica and get an arrow that'll open the tomb of Athena. You can't be serious. Adama gets angry and throws Rosalind in the brig, but Starbuck's already gone. On Caprica, she finds the arrow and a number six. Pretty, isn't it? Girl fight. Hilo and pregnant Boomer show up, and Starbuck realizes Boomer's a Cylon. No, no! But then Hilo tells Starbuck there's a bun in the toaster. Back on Galactica, the other Boomer returns from the Base Star mission. Then she shoots Adama, and everyone goes nuts. Bad Boomer. They throw her in the brig. Adama's in pretty rough shape, leaving Colonel Ty in charge. You dare die on me. Rosalind talks her way out of her cell and gets back to business. And eventually Adama wakes up and returns to command. Back to work. But not before Bad Boomer gets Jack Ruby by Callie. On Caprica, Starbuck and Hilo argue about Good Boomer. But then Starbuck meets Anders, the leader of the anti-Cylon resistance. Starbuck can't resist. The Cylons attack and Starbuck gets shot. She's taken to a creepy baby factory where Simon the Cylon steals her ovary. But Starbuck is badass, so she escapes. She leaves Anders on the planet. I'm coming back. And takes the arrow back to Galactica. Apollo is happy to see Starbuck. Boomer, not so much. But Rosalind wants Good Boomer to lead them to the tomb of Athena. She takes the arrow and they go down to the planet Kobol, where Adama and Rosalind make up. Thank you, pal. Starbuck puts the arrow in the sweet spot and bam, a map to Earth. Everyone is happy. A reporter named Diana Beers boards Galactica to interview people. Guess who's a Cylon? The Battlestar Pegasus catches up with the fleet and the two crews celebrate. Admiral Kane pulls rank on Adama. Gives me no pleasure to have to take him in. Not true. Turns out she's a ruthless war criminal. And she ends up getting shot by a six she'd been torturing. Frank, you. You're not my type. Rosalind promotes Adama to Admiral. He promotes her right back. But she still has cancer. Pray for our president. So Boomer gives her a Cylon blood transfusion and it goes into remission. Apollo flirts with Duala at the gym. Is this going somewhere? Then he and Starbuck almost hook up, but she can't get over Anders. So Apollo and Duala get cozy in the bunks. Then Adama makes Apollo commander of Pegasus. Tori tells Rosalind to run for re-election, but Tom Zarek convinces Baltar that he could be president. Really? The bad boomer that Callie shot gets reborn in a goo bath, while good boomer gives birth to the half-breed. Rosalind wants Doc Cottle to kidnap the baby, so Cottle tells Boomer and Hilo it died. You murdered her! But it didn't. Rosalind just gave it to another lady for safekeeping. On Galactica, Chief worries he might be a Cylon, but Brother Cavill is outed instead. Rosalind shows him the airlock. Starbuck mounts a mission to rescue the people left on Caprica. Anders is one of them. What took you so long? She brings him back to the fleet. Meanwhile, a raptor finds a planet that people can live on, safe from the Cylons. Well done. It's not Earth, though. And Rosalind's afraid if Baltar's elected president, he'll scrap the search for Earth. So she plays dirty. I'm going to wipe the floor with you, Gaia. She fixes the vote and gets busted. Baltar is sworn in. Settlement begins now. Suddenly, it's one year later. Baltar's a lame president, and new Caprica sucks. Starbuck has long hair and is married to Anders. Chief and Callie have a baby, and Adama's grown a mustache. Galactica and Pegasus are on Cylon watch, orbiting the planet. When the new Mrs. Apollo picks up the Cylon fleet. Oh my god, they found us. Both Battlestars fold and Baltar surrenders while the Toasters take over. Starbuck says, Fight him until we can't. The Cylons claim they want peace, but it's more like an occupation, and the people are pissed. Ellen uses her influence on Cavill to free Colonel Ty. Leoben still has a crush on Starbuck, even though she keeps killing him. Cylons are diehards, literally. Anders and the Chief start an insurgent group. While back on Pegasus, Apollo just gets fat waiting for something to happen. President Baltar is forced to sign a death order, and Roslyn and Zarek get loaded up to be executed. It looks grim until Good Boomer does everyone a solid and steals the launch keys to the grounded ships. Galactica returns, and the colonists evacuate New Caprica. Adama's back. Adama is a hero. Roslyn is president again. But Colonel Ty has to poison his wife for conspiring with the Cylons. Very sad. Baltar is being held in a Cylon base star with a six and a Diana. Turns out the Cylons are also looking for Earth. Decided that Earth's going to be our new home. Scary. Apollo gets buff again and Starbuck cuts her hair. Everything's back to normal except Good Boomer wants to be called Athena. Athena is. Oh yeah, and remember that year on New Caprica? Turns out Starbuck and Apollo hooked up. I love Cara 3! 
But Starbuck freaked out and married Anders the next morning. Good luck. You're gonna need it. So there's still tension between them, but they're working through it. On a routine mission, the chief discovers the Temple of Five. It's related to the Eye of Jupiter, which really, really points the way to Earth. The Cylons call a meeting. What do you want? They offer to let the colonists go and return for the Eye of Jupiter, but Rosalind and Adama think they're bluffing. Plus, they haven't found the Eye yet. Bad Boomer tells Athena that Hera, the half-breed baby, is still alive on the Cylon base star. Athena makes Hilo kill her so she can take a goo bath and rescue her baby. At the Temple of Five, the planet's sun is about to go supernova. The chief realizes... The nova is the Eye of Jupiter. During the chaos, Adiana sees the final five Cylons. Forgive me, I... Then she collapses, and Baltar gets a bonk on the head. Everyone hightails it back to Galactica just in time, and the happy couples are reunited. Baltar gets thrown in the brig, and Athena returns with the baby, and a number six. More goo, and Cavill says the Dianas are flawed, so he shuts them all down. Adama uses the supernova as a clue to find Earth, but Starbuck realizes she's been seeing the Eye of Jupiter since she was a kid. She visits an oracle who tells her she has a destiny. Starbuck and Apollo are back to being friends. She tells Apollo... I'll see you on the other side. And then... Very shocking. No! Everyone on Galactica is devastated, especially Anders. Roslyn calls Baltar a traitor and wants to use the airlock again, but Adama says they should have a trial instead. So Baltar gets a lawyer and Apollo is put on security duty. The lawyer and Apollo drink and bond because Apollo wants to be a lawyer too. He argues with Adama and gives up his wings. Roslyn and Athena have the same freaky dream. They go to visit Six and find out she's here to protect Hera, the baby. At the trial, Apollo questions Roslyn about the crazy herbal drug she was taking, and she admits her cancer's back. Then Apollo goes on to list everyone's mistakes in a big passionate speech about justice, and Baltar's found not guilty. Colonel Ty, the Chief, Tori, and Anders start hearing all along the watch tower. No one else hears it, so they think they're going crazy. But then it makes them all meet up in a big room with heavy doors, and they realize they're not crazy. We're silence. And that's crazy. Taking a tip from the Eye of Jupiter, Adama is following a path to Earth, but they find a whole bunch of Cylons instead. Apollo's not a pilot anymore, but he grabs a Viper to join the fight. He looks out his window and sees Starbuck. Don't freak out at me. He freaks out. Kara? I've been to Earth, and I'm gonna take us there. What the frack? For more Battlestar Galactica, get seasons 1, 2, and 3 on DVD. And see all new episodes beginning Friday, April 4th at 10, 9 central on Sci-Fi. Okay, there you heard uh, a fairly long, uh, but uh, fairly detailed, even with all the kind of funny parts of it, uh, recap of Battlestar Galactica up through the beginning of Season 4, which, of course, was shown the first kind of half of that season, shown last spring. And they're going to be bringing it back here in just a few weeks on the Sci-Fi Channel to show the, the last part of Season 4. This show just gets you know more complex and deeper as it goes. It's been a great run. Uh, I I think they've, uh, from what I've been hearing, they've really done a great job of wrapping it up. I'm I'm greatly looking forward to the last uh, half of season four coming up here again. Like I said, in a few weeks, I think there's a lot of questions that they'll they'll be answering for all of us, and it's going to be fun to see that happen. Uh, but uh, that to me was one of the highlights uh, on television, at least from last year. Uh, and uh, I already talked about Moonlight. There's one last. Uh, show there's so much stuff i could be talking about movies and tv but there was one last this is kind of uh i tried to do like a show from last season that i that kind of got canceled and i missed moonlight uh battlestar which has been you know a very steady show the last few years and something i've always enjoyed since it began and the next one that i just want to talk briefly about is a new series that started this fall that i think is really starting to pick up some steam and momentum and really very interesting and the connection of course here is it's a show that uh, is partly being produced by J.J. Abrams, and I'm talking about uh, the new show on Fox called Fringe, which is kind of on a little brief break right now, but will be coming back soon with some new episodes. And I think you can get caught up on this uh, series over at, uh, I think, Hulu.com, if you can access that. 
but I'm sure there's other ways you can find a way to catch up if you haven't seen it. But I think this is a real interesting show. Everyone keeps calling it like the new X-Files, but I watch the X-Files pretty much its whole run, and I think this show is quite a bit different. There are some similarities a little bit, but I think there, there are a lot more differences, and especially as the show has gone on. So here's a very brief little uh, promo I'm going to play for people out there watching if I can get to it here, uh, for a Fringe. So take a look at this, and I'll be back in uh, about two minutes after this is done playing. And this computer, oh, here we go with the live events. It doesn't want to make this widescreen. Something's weird. Ah. Here we go. All back to normal. FBI. Most of what I'm about to show you has not been made public. Intel that's classified above top secret. The CDC has sent in specialists. Well, they've never seen anything like what's happening here. What happened on that plane might have been part of something more dangerous than just simple terrorism. Anything, anybody you need, you could have. His name's Walter Bishop. The guy has been at St. Clair's mental institution for 17 years. He does have a son. Have him escort you in. I knew someone would come. My father. He worked out of Harvard. He was part of a classified U.S. Army experimental program in an area called fringe science. They're calling these events a pattern. As if someone out there is experimenting, only the whole world is a lab. You're telling me my father was Dr. Frankenstein. So much happened here, and so much is about to. Stop right now! Stop! Damn you! Damn you! That man will kill you. You don't understand the procedure. We need this place locked down! This is insane! He is insane! This will rip open your consciousness. After that uh, little technical difficulty, there's the uh, one of the promos you can find that on YouTube, like most of the stuff I've been playing. Uh, that's for Fringe. Uh, Joshua Jackson from good old Dawson's Creek is uh, is on here, a new actress uh, from Australia, Anna Torv. And, gosh, what's Walter's name? Help me out, chat room. What's his uh, – he's the guy. He was in Lord of the Rings, and I, I can't – the actor's name is uh, escaping me at the moment, but um, – but anyway, uh, this show is just really different. It's got some real uh, quirky humor in it, too, as well. I, I think you definitely have to uh, watch it. It's also a show I think that you should try to watch from the beginning if you can. There's a sort of an overall story arc going on along with some, you know, each episode is a little individual, and but kind of builds on that uh, overall story that's going on in the background and this thing called uh, The Pattern and what they're investigating and everything like that. There, there's just something really intriguing about it, and I'm really liking the characters. The the mad scientist doctor uh, guy is really cool, and uh, there's always some little weird food reference each week in the episodes, too. He's like, he was in this mental institution for a number of years, and so now that he's out, 
he seems to get these each week. I'll have some kind of weird craving for something like cotton candy that he hasn't had in forever or something like that. John Noble, thank you. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, he plays uh, Walter Bishop, um, the, the eccentric scientist here who's got a lot of information in his head if they can get past his sort of slightly uh, in, you know, insane bent from him being in the institution and a lot of other things. Uh, but anyway, watch that. Uh, it, it has been on, I think it's been on, Tuesday nights on Fox, but I'm not sure. I think it's going to stay there when it comes back uh, after a few more weeks when it's back. Uh, I'm not sure if it comes in January or February when it'll be returning. But but anyway, that's a really cool show and definitely uh, something you should just give it a shot and check it out. Uh, So many good things on these days in just so so little time. I'm going to try to reset a few things here still. Take a very brief break, try to find a bit of music to play for you while I do that. And we'll come back. I'll do another contest and kind of wrap up uh, wrap up the show a little bit. And actually, we've got, I think, two more contests to do. So I will be back in a, in a minute or so. Year one. The only if you could have any of Jane's t-shirts, which one would you want? And this here's Serena. Now. And she's oh, the smoothest ride. Now. 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 Year two. Now. 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 Year three. So I says to him, I says, I don't care if you're anything you have that suit ready for Mr. Badger by tomorrow, or you will become intimately acquainted with my associate here, Mr. Lebkai, in the firm of pain, pain, agony, and pain. Now, the signal is back for a bigger and better fourth season. This is the place. We'll buy you the time. Cool. Hope till I get back. It is a way of life for thousands of strangers who, like Serenity's crew, bonded to become something more than themselves, a family, with a mission to keep the firefighters alive. Welcome back to the signal. Yes, welcome back. It is. We've had our little bit of time off, and we are back. Season 4, going small. Oh, I can't wait. Find us at www.serenityfirefly.com. All right, I'm moving the camera again. I keep doing that this show. This is uh, this is what live uh, broadcasting is all about. Oh, is that going to be a good spot for it? <laughs> ah. Okay, we're going to do another contest. The contest uh, right now, this is going to be kind of a little bit of a weird one, I think, for people. And this, uh, the people who are going to win this, or what you're going to win, the people who are going to win, what you will be winning for this contest is sort of a grab bag. I've got a few little items uh, that I wanted to send out to someone, and I thought that this would be kind of a fun, fun contest and to, to do. And this is probably going to be a little more oriented towards people who are who visit the Treks in Sci-Fi forums, and you may have uh, a little inside information on this. But here is the question, and the the one kind of I don't know if anyone's going to get this answered exactly, but you, I'm going to just go with whoever. Everyone gets basically kind of one one guess. Uh, and I'm going to just try to go with whoever answers and gets the closest to the answer as the winner, and you'll get this grab bag little package that I'm going to send out. The question is, uh, how long in days is my current time on the Treks in Sci-Fi forums? Everybody should see that if you remember there. You see how, many, how much time you've been logged on to the forum. 
how much in days for me have I been on the Trek in Sci-Fi Forum? How many days have I spent there? Um, and you just, you, like I said, everyone can throw out kind of an answer. I'm watching the chat room, and whoever gets closest, you will win uh, the, uh, the little grab bag of goodies I'm going to send out. Uh, everyone is um, fairly far off so far in your guesses. You guys must think I really have actually no life, but... <laughs> yes, very funny, Kenny. One day. Yeah, I've been... <laughs> Kenny, how did you know that? Did, did You you got it basically dead on. So uh, is there a way that you can look that up? I didn't think there was for other people, but uh, but you won. You You won. It is 70... It is 71 days that I've been on the forum. <laughs> All right, Kenny, I understand. So uh, you won the grab bag, and uh, just uh, shoot me your address again. I know I have it somewhere as well, but uh, you'll win the little grab bag, a couple little magazines, things like that, maybe a comic book or two also, and a few other little surprises. So uh, that is that contest. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about this cool collectible here and i've got a couple uh, last videos to play for you as well uh about a week ago two weeks ago i got the uh this uh, very cool one quarter scale indiana jones statue and i'm going to try to use the camera now and kind of show everyone what this thing looks like it's uh about 18 inches tall comes in a very heavy stand leather jacket and all like i said i'm going to be watching or using the camera here and try to show everyone what this thing looks like here um, but it's Indy and his kind of Raiders outfit. He's holding the little golden idol. Uh, it's a very cool piece. Uh, again, this is made by Sideshow Collectibles, Sideshow Toys. I thought that'd be kind of cool to do a collectible review where I can show you a little bit more rather than when I just talk about things. The, the uh, likeness on this statue is, is really incredible. Uh, they did a great job on Harrison Ford's likeness. I'm trying to show, uh, the chat room it's kind of a dark image right now in here i don't have a very good light to shine on him but uh he's in uh his typical like i said indie outfit with a gun holding his whip holding the idol on a very solid base i'm trying to back off this camera a little bit more to show you the whole thing it's a great piece i'll put some pictures up for those that aren't uh, viewing this right now that all of you can take a look at uh but uh it is amazing they really did a great job pulled out all the stops on this it's a little tricky to, to uh, put it on the stand, and he just fits in this little, uh, there's a little kind of pin on the bottom of his feet, and then he slides onto the stand, so you got to be careful when you move it around. But it's a great item, and for Indiana Jones fans, uh, I think these are still available. There was an exclusive one. It actually comes with a head. The head is removable, and there's a head version on the exclusive that he has without the hat on, and then he's got the one that I've got on right now with the hat. It is a uh, so you can pick up the regular version, which just comes with the, in his typical outfit with the hat on and everything like that. I have a feeling I, I will probably not really ever show or display him out with with the the hatless version, but it's kind of nice to have a spare indie head, you know, laying around in your house, I guess. So, so anyway, there's indie uh, sideshow toys. I'll put a link in the podcast notes. Uh, it's uh, it's a great piece and something that uh, indie fans I think are going to love and treasure kind of over the years. So I, I think that's a very cool item to have. Uh, we're going to do one more, a little preview. Looking forward to 2009. I'm moving the, uh, move the camera over here again. Try to show everyone uh, this little preview that I know everyone watching has, uh, has seen this. But 
you know, I never uh, get tired of watching it. So uh, let's all watch uh, this uh, for this movie that's coming out, I think, you know, sometime in 2009, next May. I think most people uh, have heard of it. Something Trek. Tiberius Kirk. You've always had a hard time finding your place in this world, haven't you? Ever knowing your true worth? You can settle for a less than ordinary life. Or do you feel like you were meant for something better? Something special? You will always be a child of two worlds and fully capable of deciding your own destiny. The question you face is, which path will you choose? The wait is over. Are you afraid or aren't you? I will not allow you to lecture me. Then why do you stop me? Prepare to fire all weapons. I like this ship. This is exciting. Space is disease and danger. Wrapped in darkness and silence. Buckle up. long and prosper. All right, moving the camera back uh, for about the 10th time now. <laughs> Everyone, of course, that was Star Trek. Uh, again, there's not much that we need to say about that. We've talked about it so many times. Take out these earphones. I don't need those anymore. Just going to wind down the podcast. But, of course, we've got other movies coming out in 2009 to look forward to. Uh, in May, we'll have uh, Trek. We'll have the Wolverine movie. We'll have the new Terminator movie. So that'll be a huge month, I think. And Harry Potter will be out next summer. Uh, just lots of things to see and lots of new uh TV as well over the next few months. It's kind of a TV has sort of now been broken up into a couple of seasons. You know, they had sort of the fall season and then the January for the rest of the year season. You know, uh, not a sci fi show, but 24 I'll be back. Stargate Atlantis is finishing its run, which reminds me I have one last contest to do. And for those in the um, streaming chat, hey, we have a, a fairly Nice prize here. It's been open, but I have the whole box set now. So what you will win if you get the answer to this question, whoever gets the answer first, you will win this box set from uh, Stargate SG-1 of season... This is season 10, the last season of Stargate SG-1. It's been, like I said, open. I've watched a couple of them, but I have the whole collection now, so I thought I'd give this one away since I have the whole 1 to 10 set that uh, I purchased a while back. So... And being a Stargate, i got to put up the chat room here. Hang on. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Okay, this, uh, since it's a uh, Stargate prize, we'll do a Stargate question. I thought that would be appropriate. And this one may be not too hard, but if you're a fan of the show, you might be able to quickly, you know, maybe figure it out. Anyway, the question is, and uh, for those that have already won something, yeah, we probably would be better to have someone new win. So here is the question. You, uh, the question is, not counting the, the Stargate films they have done, I want to know how many episodes of the regular uh, Stargate SG-1 series there have been. How many episodes in total? And two-parters will count, you know, of course, as, you know, two episodes. So uh, the, that is the question. How many in total? I'm trying to see who. No one's really that close yet right now. Um, ah. 214? 214, Hawkeye. Meds, you win. That is the correct answer. Did you know that or did you look that up? If you knew that, I'm pretty impressed. So, uh, But you are the answer. I didn't say you couldn't look things up, really. So uh, that is the answer to the question. There are 214 Stargate SG-1 episodes out there available to watch. Not all at once, I hope. So, <laughs> Anyway, you guys who have won, again, send me emails, treksf at gmail.com, and we'll figure out a way to get you this stuff uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. I might not get it out until later next week. Got a few things going on, home and holidays and crazy stuff like that, but I will try to get the things out as soon as I can. But just send me emails and remind me, and I will do it. So that is about it, I think. Um, I think, uh, oh, one last thing I wanted to talk about. Next week we're going to have a special show, Jedi Jeff, who I don't think I've seen in the chat room today. He is going to do a guest spot on Treks in Sci-Fi. He's going to be sort of taking over the podcast next weekend, and he will be talking about the TV series Earth 2, which I'm just really happy that Jeff decided to to, uh, both do a podcast, and I'm trying, like I said, uh, a few weeks back, once a month, give or take, I'm going to try to do that over the next few months. I uh, kind of give myself a break and also to have some new voices on the show, let them try their hand at producing and, and creating an episode for Treks and Sci-Fi. And Earth 2 is a good subject for, for Jeff. It was his idea, but it's, it's a show. I only saw some of the episodes, and I, I'm not anywhere near an expert, so I'm really looking forward to, uh, to what he's going to have to say about uh, Earth 2 and that series from a few years ago. So look forward to that next Sunday on Treks and Sci-Fi. And I'm going to also post up soon, both on the forums and on the main website, uh, probably the next uh, few weeks' worth of uh, podcasts, what the schedule is going to be, what I'm going to be talking about each week, or you know when we have guest casts and things and special shows and that. I'll try to let everyone know. And uh, I think... Uh, oh. I keep saying this one last thing again, but uh, I did want to mention that um, you, uh, you've you been very generous this past year. Everyone that has donated, whether they've been monthly donations or one-time donations, uh, Rich Pete just sent in another nice donation for the end of the year. I really appreciate that. And if you can, you know, uh, help support the, the bandwidth and the equipment and all the stuff that you see me use to put together this podcast, if you can send in any little donation, there's links on the main page, links on the uh, forums. That's great. Uh, I really appreciate those guys. And uh, they are put to very good use. So thanks again for that. And uh, I want to just say also to uh, wish everyone a happy 2009. I know... Uh, for much of the world, definitely the United States, and I think even even other areas, it's been a really kind of a up and down year for 2008. Uh, but I think uh, you know people that are into sci-fi and fantasy, we all try to keep a, a positive outlook and uh, really look towards the future. And uh, I try to uh, keep that uh, in the back of my mind always, and always hoping that 
every year will get a little bit better. And, uh, well, 2008 was a bit rough, so I think uh, 2009 is going to be better. And uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun and a lot of uh, cool movies and TV to watch. So thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in, for who came by in the chat and the video and watched uh, on uh, the sort of end of year show. It was a little bit rough around the edges, but I had fun with it. And I will be editing it just a little bit and put it out uh, later today up in the usual streams and all the usual places you get the show at. You'll be able to find it. And uh, if you missed it, you'll be able to listen to it that way. So until next time, uh, I will not really be talking to you next weekend, but in two weeks I will be back. And don't forget about Jeff's special show next weekend. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So everyone, have a great new year. Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Uh, Just uh, have a great time. Celebrate, but be careful. And uh, Try to avoid any crazy weather or traffic problems. <laughs> it has been crazy in Michigan lately, I have to tell you that. And I know a lot, of the, a lot of the world and the country has been like that too. So everyone, take it easy, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>